Hour number three, Bet MGM tonight. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser, Pete. Last night, me and Rob Brown, downtown Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show. Everybody check out. Give us a follow on Twitter as well. Good stuff last night, per usual. He'll join us actually tomorrow night as well. Um, we talked a little bit about the franchise tag, NFL free agency. Wanted to do that with you back here tonight, though. Interesting stuff from Brad Spielberger in Pro Football Focus. But before we get to that, I don't want you distracted. I don't want myself to distracted. So uh, the glasses are on right now because we have eight games on here at the Horvath House. Right now, Peach, 82-78, St. John's over Georgetown. Only a four-point oh, lead. We're done. We're done. Minute 31. We're screwed. Florida up yes. 83-80 on Bama, and uh, Clemson beat Georgia Tech. Okay, so I get Clemson home as well. They beat Georgia Tech 81-57. I probably should have went a little bit harder on that. Uh, Clemson's a pretty good team. Georgia Tech is not. There's your breakdown right there. 82-78, the crowd of like 50 here uh, at Georgetown going crazy. We were actually up eight, Peach. This dude just hit like a step back corner three. They're going to review this. I think this is a two. So we're still probably. It doesn't big... matter. Yeah. We're not. We're, we're not covering. We're this Bama Florida. This Bama Florida game is really good. Florida. The, the, this shot that just went in was one of those that like the guy lost the ball and he just like, it just went in the hoop. It was insane. Bama, oh, with an and-one opportunity, so a free throw can tie it up at 83. So remember, it's 83-82 to right now, which is 165. That total was 173.5. Just shows you how many points that is. Uh, So if if this game goes to overtime and you had the under, obviously you're going to lose. If it's it's decided in regulation, it's going to come right down the wire. The SEC is so good. Yeah, the SEC is good, man. Florida's going to be a team that a lot of people are going to like. You know, they won at Rupp Arena. We were talking about that last week, and now they got Bama on the ropes. Minute 20 to go, game tied at 83. This is why I don't like Bama in the tournament is because they just don't have a good defense. And against these good teams, man, they haven't been able to pull out these close wins as Florida gets a layup. So they take a two-point lead with a minute to go. But, yeah, it's why, you know, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say I like Florida in this game just because of their three-point defense. They're pretty physical. You know, they're pretty good on the glass. What were you going to say, my bad? No, yeah, I just, you know, as great as Bama's offense is, man, they just, their defense is just not, it's not good. And they don't have really a rim protector either. Um, Man, what screwed them this year is, so we knew Brandon Miller was going to leave. We knew Noah Clowney was going to leave. Quinterly we knew was going to leave. But they, they had this seven-footer, Charles Bediaco, who was their big man last year. He was supposed to be a junior this upcoming year. Him le- him deciding to go pro, and now he's playing in Europe, was really the stunner. And it's kind of killed this year's team. You can tell Oates really didn't recruit any kind of big guy because he thought Bediaco was coming back, and it kind of just screwed the team this year, not having a rim protector, not having a defensive stopper. And their offense is so good that they can overcome it most nights. But nights like this, when it comes down to the final minute and it's a half-court game and you need stops, that's when it's killer. But 85, 85, 45 seconds to go. I mean, this is this is when college hoops is at its best right here. No, it really is, man. I'm a little bit ahead of you right now watching Florida's possession. I will oh, say yeah. this really quick. If Rick Bettino was that upset this weekend, right now it's a five-point lead for St. John's, man. I mean, 
Georgetown's hitting some ridiculous shots, like some contested jumpers. The shot making for Georgetown. Are. Of course, the one night we bet against them, the Hoyas shot making, it, it's been ridiculous. Like the level of difficulty. Are you, don't say, Tino's don't say anything in the Florida game if you're if you're ahead of me. Oh, all right, Bama's got a chance to win it. They got the ball with 15 seconds to go. Horvath, come on. Dude, Patino kind of looks like a vampire tonight. He looks so pale. He looks like he's wearing like a pound of makeup right now. It's 87-81 St. John's. 16 seconds to go. We got one more free throw to go. And it is now 88-81. Seven-point game, Peach. What do you have, nine and a half with, with the Johnnies? We still got 16 seconds to go, and it's Georgetown. Anything can happen. I know we need a we need overtime or we need like technicals or I mean we need something good to happen. We, we need, need a miracle. Good. Um, Kentucky underway right now. They're going to close a six and a half point favorites. Georgetown just takes a ridiculous floater, but of course they get an offensive rebound to put back, and uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. We're not going to get the cover, so let's talk about my favorite thing, and that's the National Football League. My money maker. I already have a couple NFL draft props. Um, man, I'm really glad that I grabbed that Marvin Harrison minus 185 to be the first non-quarterback taken because that's like minus 700 right now in some spots I saw today. I took um, Jaden Daniels to go number two overall. I've been going back and forth on that. It could easily be really? Drake May. I think Drake, I think Drake May should. It. Yeah, You're I think Drake May should be the guy. Yeah, I think it should be Drake May, man. I would draft Drake May. But I think because it's the Commanders and because it's Cliff Kingsbury – I think it's going to end up being uh, Jaden Daniels. But I would take Drake May. I, I like Jaden Daniels. But, uh, I don't know. I think it's all smoke. I mean, we were talking about this two nights ago. I think it's just the same thing as, like, when it was Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud the whole season in college football, and then Anthony Richardson yeah. starts getting talked up and Will Levis. and Will Levis? I mean, I know Jaden won the Heisman. But, man, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's the commanders, so whatever decision they make, it'll probably be the wrong one. <laughs> All right, so one. yeah, you're ahead of me. For... Yeah. You're ahead of me in uh, in Bama, Florida. We got five seconds left. Tide got a chance to win the game, and we're going overtime. Right, Free hoops. Free hoops Free in hoops. the Southeastern Conference in the yes, glass indeed. at home tonight. Can rip up all, you can rip up all those uh, under 173 tickets if you have them. Dude. I can't bet over. Bama unders. Every time I bet a Bama under, they score like 110 themselves. So that's not a thing that uh, that's going down anymore. All right, let's talk a little NFL free agency. Like I said, yep. shout out to um, – we got to shout out PFF Brad, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. Uh, I popped on there today for the first time in like three weeks, and I read the 2024 NFL free agent rankings, the top 200 players set to enter free agency. And – I think this is interesting. Scott threw this out there last night, just what the Chiefs are dealing with, because, like, you know, we were talking about how the Chiefs could be a better team next year because they could go out and maybe get a T. Higgins or a Mike Evans. I don't think the Chiefs are going to do that, and I don't think financially they could make that work, to be honest with you, because the Chiefs traded away Tyreek Hill because they didn't want to pay him all that money, right? And since then, they've won two Super Bowls. They've won it because Pat Mahomes is the greatest quarterback, at least right now. You know, I don't know if he's above Brady yet. That's a conversation to be had another day. But he's awesome. That run game, Travis Kelsey in the playoffs, greatest tight end ever, breaking Jerry Rice records. And that defense, Chris Jones, a free agent, right? He's the number one free agent on this list. 
Uh, and Brad compares his top free agent comparison to Sue back in 2015. If you look at their pro football focus grade, you know, Chris Jones run defense grade in the regular season, not as good as Sue's. It's only a 59 compared to Sue's who was an 80, but his pass rush grade page is a 90. And in the playoffs, he becomes like a different dude. Um, a tag for him would be north of $33 million. So if they don't tag him, because they also have to make a decision on Legereus Sneed, who is also awesome, like really damn yeah. good. I love that secondary. Let's say you could only bring back one of those guys, and you have to use the tag to do so. Sneed. Would you go with Sneed over yes. Chris Jones? I would. I would. Even yeah. though I think Jones is the better player, I think in today's NFL and what Kansas City's secondary did this postseason, Ryan, they played the top four offenses in the NFL. Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore, and San Francisco. They beat all of them. Their defense was really, really good in three of those games. Against Buffalo, you know, Buff the Bills certainly moved the ball at times and they ran it well, but, I mean, through the air, Kansas City held their own. I just think with Snead and McDuffie moving forward and those two guys and Spags' ability just to call creative blitzes and how he uses them in coverage, I know that if you have a dominant defensive line, you don't need to put as much emphasis on, on the pass game. But, like, look at the Lions, man. I mean, they got a great pass rusher in Aiden Hutchinson. Look at what that does them with, with a terrible back end in the secondary. You know what I mean? So yeah. I get the arguments for both sides. But I just think when you have an all-pro on the other side with Trent McDuffie and you compare that with another great corner in Snead, to me, even though Jones is the better player, I think it's a cheaper option with Snead, and I think it'd be, it'd be the smarter decision for Casey. What about you? That's exactly it, man. I think it would be the cheaper option, obviously. And I love Chris Jones. but um, And I'm not saying you could find another Chris Jones. Maybe you can in this year's draft. But, yeah, I'd probably go with Snead. I love McDuffie and what you're able to do with him. I mean, these guys are both so aggressive, but you could send him on the blitz. He's obviously really good in coverage. You know, but I was looking, like, Snead's PFF grade is really good. They compare him, like, his top free agent comparison to James Bradbury in 2020. But, yeah, I would go with the cheaper option. I would go with Snead, keep him and McDuffie together. But I would also, like, do everything in my power to sign one of those guys if you have to use the tag on the other. I don't know if you could financially make that work, but... Like, I would just continue to bring back everybody on that defense with Spags because Mahomes has proven the last two years, like, he could win a Super Bowl with MVS and with Sky Moore and with Hardman, who was on a, who literally was benched, like, two weeks prior, let's not forget, after uh, the fumble at the goal line. I mean, you got to bring back Pacheco, you bring back Kelsey. People thought Kelsey was washed because of the regular season. He's probably got another year or two left in him, and you're probably in uh, fine shape because also – you have a first-round pick, and even if it's a late first-round pick, this is one of the deeper wide receiver classes we've seen. We're going to continue to say that every year. These wide receivers continue to get better and better every oh, year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are awesome, man. Like, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, now these guys. I mean, Marvin Harrison might be better than both of those guys. Who knows? And Malik Neighbors is awesome, and Brian Thomas is awesome. So, um, yeah, I think the Chiefs should just try their hardest to bring both of these guys back. So, Sneed's actually number 10 on this list. Chris Jones is number one. Number two, we've kind of talked about him a little bit, Kirk Cousins. It's funny if you look at his pro football focus grades, which I know not everybody loves this stuff or cares about this stuff, but it's comparable to Phillip Rivers back in 2020. Kirk Cousins, 
I think solid quarterback. I think good enough to win you a playoff game. I don't know if he's good enough to win a Super Bowl. He's definitely not the reason that Minnesota's failed the last couple of years or the years that they were in the playoffs. I mean, they gave up 300-plus passing yards to Daniel Jones. It was the pass defense that was an issue two years ago for Minnesota. Where do you think Cousins ends up, man? Like, is he in Atlanta? Maybe not Justin Fields? Or is he elsewhere? Or is he back in Minnesota? And they go they go in, with like, one last run. Man, it's the million-dollar question, right? I yeah. I think he's going to stay in Minnesota. I do think he's going to stay in Minnesota. If he doesn't, I, I'm still I'm still not like thinking about this New England. I, I think New England's going to go after a quarterback, man. I really do. I don't know if they're going to draft one. They, to me, are a sleeper team to maybe get a guy like Cousins or a guy like Russell Wilson or a guy like Justin Fields. But I do think Minnesota is going to retain Cousins because, Ryan, I think in their eyes it's a two-for-one deal. They know if they bring Cousins back, they're also bringing Justin Jefferson back too, right? So you can essentially bring two guys back by bringing one back, and you could also lose two guys by losing one guy. So, I mean, if you have an opportunity to retain the best receiver in football to go along with a borderline top-10 quarterback, I I think you got to do that. I mean, look, every team faces – this dilemma. I mean, when you got a quarterback, you got to pay him, right? Minnesota, right. if they don't bring back Cousins, they could go through quarterback hell that all these teams have to deal with that don't have one. If you don't have a quarterback, you can't win in this league. We know that. So I ultimately think Cousins is staying in Minnesota. That's that's my feeling. What about you? No, I do too. I was going to ask, do you think that Kirk Cousins would be an upgrade over Brock Purdy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It... Not maybe as much. Purdy's just really good for that offense, but I think Cousins would be really good for that offense too because he's a pocket passer. He makes good decisions. Um, So, yeah, I think think he would be. I think he would be, but I think Purdy's really good for what the Niners want to do. I think he's really good. Yeah, and I think that – Yeah. I think that's Kyle's guy too. I think Kyle sold yeah. on Purdy. I don't think that's even an option. I was just thinking about like good landing spots for Kirk. Like sure. I, I wouldn't want to see Kirk in like Vegas. I I don't want to see Kirk in New England. Like I think no, New England should I don't just either. go full rebuild, dude. If they didn't want to rebuild, then they should have hired Mike Vrabel. I I don't like have anything against Mayo. I just I know that Mike Vrabel could coach because I saw him take Ryan Tannehill and like a like a middle of the road defense to the number one seat a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. What about Pittsburgh? I mean, obviously, all this talk about Fields is kind of heating up a little bit. I mean, do you think the Steelers go after Kirk? Would they pay him all that money? I think Fields is a great fit in Atlanta. Because, like, what I worry about Fields with Fields is that he's just, like, a one-read quarterback, doesn't go through all of his progressions, but he's so damn athletic. He can make throws. I, I don't know about him in Pittsburgh. I think Kirk would be a better option in Pittsburgh. I would like to see Kirk throwing the ball to George Pickens. Um... I mean, I, I think Justin Fields is an upgrade over Kenny Pickett and definitely over Mason Rudolph, but I, I think Kirk would be a better fit. I think Kirk's a good quarterback. I don't know that he wins you a Super Bowl, though, and I'd say Justin Fields' ceiling's higher, if that makes sense. We'll take a quick break. We'll get more into this NFL free agency list because we've been through, like, three guys, and there's 200 on this list. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser, BetMGM tonight. We're back with BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser with you here at BetMGM Tonight, Wednesday, February 21st. Still about 90 minutes to go here in the show. We're going to get back to some NFL free agency. 
update you on what's going on in college basketball. We're both a little distracted. Alabama, Florida is electric right now. 94-93, Bama leads with 35 seconds to go. I'm going to stay away from that score, though, because I think I'm a little ahead of Peach. But this game's absolutely electric. If you bet the under, uh, yeah, you lost. And if you uh, bet Florida... Man, you're looking pretty good right now, but you never know, like especially if we go to double overtime. Bama for me, yep. I agree. I don't know that I could like trust them come March, but they are the scariest team to bet against because they could just light it up. Kentucky too. Like I like Kentucky this season, but you never know what you're going to get. Uh we'll update you on that score here in a second. All right. Tonight, JMU wins their 25th game of the season. Uh Clemson was a winner for me. They were eight and a half point favorites. They beat Georgia Tech on the road, eighty-one to fifty-seven. So they covered the eight and a half. The game goes under the total of one forty-six and a half. Penn State, another winner for me. Outright, they beat Illinois. They trailed by ten with two minutes to go. They come back to win ninety to eighty-nine. They were seven and a half point dogs. The total goes over one fifty-six and a half. And if you had Penn State on the money line, good for you. They were plus three ten. I didn't have the courage for that. Duke takes care of business, unfortunately, against Miami. It was never a game. 84-55 winners. They were six-and-a-half-point favorites. Total goes under 149-and-a-half. Duke, though, did threaten to score 150 themselves. Uh, Lehigh beats Army in a good one, 85-84. They were two-and-a-half-point favorites. So, uh, actually, geez, check that. 85-54. Lehigh was only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They beat Army by 31 points. They were two-and-a-half-point favorites. Total went under um, in that game. Uh, moving along, George Mason beats Dayton 71-67. We said that was a fishy line. That was a stinky line right there, and it was. GMU is only three-and-a-half point dogs. They went outright by four. Total goes over 133-and-a-half. St. John's, we hate them. Their own coach, Rick Pitino, hates them. Threw the entire team under the bus. I wish I could take the keys, hop in the seat like Chris Farley and Billy Madison, and run over the whole team. I really mean that, Peach. I hate St. John's. They're on the list. They win 90-85 to against Georgetown. And that's not Allen Iverson, uh, Patrick Ewing, uh, or, you know, John Thompson's Georgetown squad. 90-85. to They do not cover the 9.5. Total does go over 150.5. How about this? The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They take on Louisville tonight. The combined teams have 16 wins this season. Both should be blown off the map, to be honest with you. How is Louisville basketball this terrible? How is Notre Dame basketball this terrible? Because nobody cares. You know, Stephen A. Smith made a great point today. Why are they even relevant in football? I'm a fan. I know we've been to the college football playoff a couple times. We always get clubbed. I don't have an answer for them. But they did beat Louisville tonight, 72-50. to so big win. I wanted to bet OK State. I chickened out last minute. They went outright as ten and a half point dogs on the road against Cincinnati. Total goes over one thirty nine and a half. Richmond beats Rhode Island eighty five seventy seven. They cover as five and a half point favorites. Total goes over one forty three and a half. How about some live scores? Indiana not looking so hot. They trail fifty one thirty one at the half. Nebraska a fourteen and a half point favorite. The Fighting Hoybergs. He can't wear a tie, but man, can he coach. I took the over in that game, 147.5. Live total, 161.5. I forgot I bet this one, Peach. I'm glad I didn't give it out because it's a terrible bet. Wichita State, for some reason, under uh, 500 this season. I believe they have 11 wins. They were 6.5 point favorites over Tulsa, so I took them. Why not? They're up 14-11 right now. 7.5 point favorites on the live line. Bama's up 3. 
Actually, that game went final. I don't want to ruin it for you. Can I just do it? It's over. Yeah, Bama it's wins. over. 98-93. Florida covers. The total goes over twice almost. Right now, Valparaiso, the fighting, the fighting Bryce Drews, they trail Indiana State. How about Indiana State? Up 59-54 on Valpo. They're nine-and-a-half-point favorites on the live line. Drake, not the rapper, the school, out in Iowa. They're up 63-51 on Belmont. Belmont, 12-and-a-half-point dogs on the live line. Memphis. I took Memphis tonight over Charlotte. Memphis was a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't remember the last time they won a game recovered. Took them anyway. They're up 48-39 on Charlotte. They'll blow it in the long run. UAB trails Rice 64-46. UIC tied with Evansville 53-0. South Florida, you called it, Peach, coming off a huge win, a game that they almost blew with a 20-point lead against Florida Atlantic. They're up 43-42, South Florida is, on UTSA. UTSA now only a two-and-a-half-point dog. You got UNI trailing the Redbirds of Illinois State right now. Illinois State at home in Normal, Illinois, where they lead 55-47. Georgia up 44-28 on Vanderbilt. If that was football, I'd care. LSU up 19-18 on Kentucky. Meg McDonald came on this here show. She liked LSU in the game. They were six-and-a-half-point dogs. I like Kentucky too much to fade. Marquette's up 27-8 on DePaul. My God, is DePaul bad. How is a school in the Chicagoland area that bad? You have that pipeline to recruit from, and every year yep. you're nonsense. There's 35-and-a-half-point dogs on the live line. I swear to God, Peach, there's probably a high school that could go into that gym right now and cover 35-and-a-half against Marquette, who we just saw get clubbed by 30 on Saturday in a game where I unfortunately bet them. Mississippi Talk State me. Mississippi, 18-to-8. What do you got? Horvat, talk me off of doubling down on Indiana plus 14 and a half live. Because... Do not do it. They're a terrible basketball team. I think that one's I... over. I think Nebraska's good, Peach. I, I think they're the first four out right now, or are they the first four in? Something like that. They need they need some big wins. And um, not that this is one against Indiana, but it is a road win against Indiana. So I, I would probably stay away, man. But I don't know. I don't want to tell you what to do. You know what you're doing. I'm not talking – I'm. I'm not gonna talk. I'm doubling. Then, I'm doubling down on the Hoosiers. So here's my thinking. Here's my thinking. Nebraska's 0 and 7. Like we talked about, they're 0 and 7 on the road in Big Ten play. I just, I think Indiana's got a run in them. I don't know if they're gonna win the game, but I certainly think that they could come back and and make it interesting. So Nebraska scored 51 points in the first half. I think there's gonna be a little bit of regression on offense. I think Indiana's gonna be able to keep it close. Um, so I'll I'll buy I'll buy the fourteen and a half with Indiana. I'll double down. I certainly could look like a fool, but uh, I'll I'll take it. I refuse to believe Nebraska's going to have it easy on the road in a Big Ten game. Yeah. All right. I I'm not going to join you on that one. I'm on the over. <laughs> I'm I'm going to stay away. I did bet Indiana pre-flop with you. I'm just hoping that they come back. Who knows, man? I mean. Penn State came back from down 10 with two minutes to go against Illinois. So, uh, Big Ten home teams. They cover 70% of the time. They work every time. Really quick hockey scores. Buffalo up 3-2 to two on Montreal. They're uh, minus 1,600 on the live line. And the Blackhawks, get this, they're losing. 3-1 uh, to one to the Flyers. I like the over in the game. We're going into um, the uh, second intermission, the third period. It's 3-1 Flyers now. They're minus 2,500 favorites. And uh, we got our... Uh, Connor McDavid bet coming up in about a half hour. We just need him to score a goal. I also got a little greedy during the break after the Penn State winner, 
and took him to score two goals plus 450. Like you said, it's been what, six games since he scored last? Yep. Six games. Scoreless for McDavid. I think I think he's due tonight to get us a goal. Plus money? Plus 125 for McDavid? I'll take that. Peach, this is the best part about doing the show remote while I miss you and I love watching games with you. 99.9% sure I have the flu right now. I just hit the mute button, just gave out a sneeze, and now we're going to talk about my favorite thing, NFL free agency, baby. So the number three player on this list, Brad Spielberger over at Pro Football Focus, edge rusher, Josh Allen, who his PFF grade was actually comparable to Melvin Ingram in 2017. He backed up his 2022 season with a season where he had a career high in quarterback pressures, 90. He had 19 sacks, and he had a 20% pass rush win rate, which was actually the best in the NFL. Now, did Josh Allen do that because it was a contract year? No, he did it the year before, too. Are you paying big money to Josh Allen? Do you think Jacksonville should bring him back? Because that defense is terrible. I don't know how good Trayvon Walker is going to be. Josh Allen's like the one thing that they have that I feel good about on the defensive side of the ball. Like, I like Devin Lloyd and those guys, but I think that you, if you can't, I think you got to get a deal done with Josh Allen, to be honest. And if not, I pray that he's a Green Bay Packer starting opposite of like Van Ness and Rashawn Gary, because I think he'll have another big year. I totally agree. Josh Allen is a stud. Jacksonville, yeah. they got to re-sign him. I think they will. Um, yeah, man, they, they got some interesting decisions to make. I know Ridley is a free agent, too. I'm sure he's coming up on this list in a little bit. They got to make a decision about him. But, you know, when Jacksonville's at their best, like that year they made the AFC title game, right, it was their defense. And last season, even though Trevor Lawrence was playing great ball, their defense also was forcing turnovers and playing really well on that side as well. So Jacksonville's one of those organizations that, they're always like defense is kind of going to be in their DNA, especially when they're good. That starts with their pass rush up front. You got, I mean, top tier talent. I mean, Trayvon Walker's number one pick. Josh Allen is obviously a top 10 pick. So I, uh, I, I think they do have to resign Allen. And I think they're going to, because like he said, right now, Trevor Lawrence, I, I think I'm interested to like, I wonder what they think of him in that organization, right? Like, is at this point in his career is he progressing like they had hoped do they feel like he is their guy for the distant future especially when cj stroud you're gonna have to play against him twice a year for the next decade plus anthony richardson looks like he could be pretty good tennessee is hoping that will levis is their guy um i think jacksonville's gotta they gotta pay the sure thing right now and the surest thing on their team is Allen, and i think they're gonna do that I'm not, like, fully out on Trevor Lawrence, right? But, like, I've always thought Trevor Lawrence was a tad bit overrated. And then last year, second half of the season, he was great. And then in the playoff game against the Chargers, he threw four first-half interceptions. But because it was the Chargers, they chargered. And because it was Brandon Staley, they still lost that game. And then he played, you know, much better the next week, of course, in the playoff loss uh, to KC. But, like... He needs to have a huge year, man. And I'm not playing any Trevor Lawrence futures. I can't even do it with Jacksonville. I liked what I saw from Indianapolis, and I like what I saw from Anthony Richardson before he got hurt. I like Shane Steichen, man. And the Texans are obviously going to be the popular team now in the division because C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson are true ballers, and I like the coaching staff. I love D'Amico Ryans. They got it right. And um, they did the right thing by giving him six years, too, to build that thing, and he built it, and he, he fixed that thing in one year. Yeah, I just... 
there's something with Trevor Lawrence, man. Like, remember the uh, college football playoff game where he had, like, more overthrows than any quarterback in, like, bowl history? He was all over the place. I mean, he could make the throws. I don't know. He makes some, like, boneheaded decisions with the football sometimes. And it's just, like, you look at the rest of the AFC, and, again, it's not that I'm, like, out on him. It's, like, I'm out on him as an MVP candidate or as, like, a Super Bowl candidate, you know, a guy that could win a Super Bowl because, like, it's Pat Mahomes, right? It's Justin Herbert now with a legit coaching staff, with Jim Harbaugh as his, as his coach. It's still Josh Allen. Joe Burrow's coming back. You know, Tua in warm weather is pretty damn good with his weapons. Take Put him in the cold and he's a pumpkin. But, yeah, I, I'm going to need to see something more from Josh um, – from uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. And I would keep Josh Allen for sure. The other Josh Allen, the pass rusher. Agreed. Number four on the list, T. Higgins. Uh, we hit on T. Higgins a lot last night. What do you think? Is he a Bengal or is he elsewhere? I think for this season, they're going to franchise him. They're going to let Tyler Boyd walk. I think Cincinnati yeah. drafts a receiver in one of the first couple rounds, and then they let T. Higgins walk the in a couple years, and then let this rookie-wide receiver take over because they're obviously paying Burrow. They got to pay Jamar, so I think they want their number two receiver to be a rookie. So I think they franchise T. They bring him back one more year, and then he leaves, gets his money somewhere else, and, uh, you know, the Bengals, they got a hit on whichever rookie they take in this upcoming draft because I do think they're going to get one, whether it's in the first round, whether it's in the second round. I think they're going to get a receiver. Again, I think Boyd, who's also a free agent, they're going to let him go. He's been in Cincinnati a long time. So they can still have their three receivers. And then uh, that's that's kind of how I feel about the situation. I think T will be back in Cincinnati, but I don't think he's going to be there long term. There's a couple other wide receivers that I really like on this list, and I wanted to ask you about them when we come back from the break. I'll save it, though. As a Ravens fan, as you guys, uh, not you guys, because you're not a member of the organization, but your squad is bringing back Nelson Aguilar. And I, I just, we were all excited. I was all excited about the OBJ pickup because it was like a perfect buy low, you know, on, on OBJ, who was coming off another injury, but... Uh, mm-hmm. It also missed an entire year. So if you got what you got from OBJ in the first half of that Super Bowl before he got hurt, you were getting, you know, still a pretty damn good player. I would like to see Lamar with a couple more weapons. I don't know if you think that they need him. I mean, also you got Yo, some guys yeah. that you need to resign on the defensive side of the ball. But I want to talk about some of those wide receivers, some of these other top free agents. And uh, still to come, we'll obviously hit on what we got left in college basketball tonight. We got some more score updates. We could get an early look at tomorrow night's NBA card. A ton of action. We also got some injury reports to get to. Like, we're just coming back from the All-Star break, and LeBron's already out tomorrow night. Anthony Davis is already questionable. This is why PG and myself, we're college basketball guys. Like, LeBron just played in the All-Star game, man. I mean, the Lakers aren't even in the playoff race right now. He should probably play every game possible, but... It is what it is, this league. Uh, we'll take a quick break. BetMGM Pipe, Ryan Horvath, PJ Glass. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. BetMGM tonight, presented by BetMGM. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser with you here tonight. Wednesday, February 21st. Still about an hour to go in the show. Final hour, we're going to hit on some college hoops, of course. Some NBA as the season resumes coming up tomorrow night. we got a whole bunch of games to talk about. Um, but first, before we get to that, this might be good for social media right here because I have a question for you, PJ, and for the people, right? So right now, 
I'm back on a strict diet after Las Vegas. After Vegas, we were there for a week. Usually, I go to Vegas for like two to three days with my buddies, and that's plenty of time in Las Vegas. Now, I do do, I do do, I do enjoy a nice full week in Vegas. I like the pamper treatment. I like, you know, a little spa day. I like to go check out the shows, have some nice dinners. I usually will do that like with my wife. Um, but seven days of punishment to my body, and I need 30 days of a cleanse, and I'm eating nothing but grilled chicken, ch chicken breast, uh, some salmon, um, some rice, some brown rice, of course, but some cashews Scott puts here in the chat. <laughs> Trying to stay healthy, get the summer bod going, get the vacation bod going. We're going on vacation in a couple days here. Granted, it's to Chicago, and it's going to be 40 degrees. We're going on vacation. We need the summer bod. But look what my wife bought at the grocery store. These things are my kryptonite. I've never, like, people always thought I was weird. Birthday parties, you know? I never liked cake. So I would always say, don't get me a cake. There's two things. I love cupcakes, and I like those, like, cookie cakes. You know what I'm talking about? Like the shops at the Oh, mall. yeah. Those oh, things yeah. are damn good. But mm -hmm. I'm not really a sweets guy. I don't like candy. I've only had one cavity, unfortunately. Can I try and guess? Can I try and guess try what guess. you're addicted to? Try to guess. Is it is it the brownie brittle? Nope. Do you not know what the, that is? The, okay. I do. I do. And I love brownies too. So I guess there is <laughs> there are some sweets that I do like, but I could avoid it all. Like my son gets those cosmic brownies. I could stay away from those. I could stay away from the Chips Ahoy cookies. I could stay away from the Oreos. Anything that's going to make my ass jiggle for a week. Because this is what happens. See, Pete, you're still young, so you don't understand, man. Like, when I was your age, I could drink a case of beer, go to Taco Bell, all the free endorsement. McDonald's, Wendy's, Subway, all of it. Now I can't do that anymore, and I just feel miserable. So we do the fasting, and we eat real food. No processed food, no carbs, no salt, but it's these things. It's these I don't want to eat one. I'm I'm tempted to just do it right now. I can't. That would be is really it, unprofessional. Is it the blunt? Is it the blunt cakes? It's no. It's these oh. little mini chocolate donuts. Man, my grandmother oh. used to get these. Now I love like regular donuts, right? Like just the big donuts. Yeah. But it's, it's like these little mini ones. My grandma would buy these for like all the grandkids, and there were six of us. I would eat this whole thing, and my grandpa, you know, my grandfather would come home and be like, "Who the hell ate all these in in, in 60 minutes?" And it would be me. And then I would have the worst stomach ache every single time. These things are my addiction. I need yeah. to lock them away. The good thing is my son will have these gone. Like he'll, he'll I'll wake up in the morning and, and these will be in his bedroom and he'll be like hoarding them. So, uh, but those, those, those are it. What, what, what's your, what's your poison? What's your kryptonite? Oh man. Do you know the little tasty cakes, the butterscotch crimpets? Do you know those things? Oh, I love With those. Like, oh, Brian. Those little crimpets, man, they are good. I like those. Um, I like the little, the uh, the little mini bites, the uh, the muffins, the little mu muffin bites as well, like the blueberry chocolate. Yeah, those are good too. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I'm a big pop tart guy too. Like, you give me a s'mores pop tart, I could just absolutely go to town on those too. So, bunch of different things. I'd say the ones, the butterscotch crimpets though. Like when that when those are in the house, they're not there for long. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's like disgusting how many of those I could eat. That's probably like the challenge where I could compete with Rob Brown and Cody Decker and Peyton Ass Mario. Like they ate seventy five chicken McNuggets. I don't know that I could do that, but I do uh, think I could probably. I I legitimately like if I ever lose a bet, I honestly think I could do two hundred of these during a show. 
Is that even that many? Yeah, that yeah. is. Yeah. I, I, all right, let's start with, let's start with, I could probably do a hundred. Let's see. Two hundred. A hundred slot. No Ryan, I don't know ten, how many come in here. Ten of those. Ryan, ten of those are a lot. Four of these are 260 calories. It would have to be like a big, a big bulking day. All right, anyway, let's talk about what the people come here, came here for. Also, uh, rest in peace, as Scott puts in the chat, William Post, creator of the Pop-Tart. Um, mm -hmm. I honored him always, with a Pop-Tart a couple, day, a couple days ago. Always reminds me of Mean Girls, the creator of uh, yeah. Toaster Strudel. Let's get to some scores, and uh, let's see if we got any sweats. I bet so many games that, like, it's, it's to the point where last night was a huge winner for Creighton. And mm -hmm. I irresponsibly took a lot of money and bet some college basketball, Peach, because it's almost vacation time for me, and uh, I like money, and I felt pretty good about the board. We'll see how we're how we're looking right now, though. Is on my screen, I for whatever reason have Marquette and DePaul. Uh, Marquette's up forty three twenty five. They're thirty and a half point favorites. So good call from Meg McDonald, who came on the show earlier. I took the over. That's also looking pretty good. One sixty two and a half the live total. Kentucky up 31-27 on LSU. Still a minute 30 to go in the first half. Kentucky back to being a 6.5-point favorite on the live line. Total 150.5. Ole Miss, the fighting Lane Kiffins, up 37-33 on Mississippi State. Even with a four-point lead, still 1.5-point dogs. 157 is the total. Colorado State, New Mexico about to begin. That one starts in 11 minutes. New Mexico still laying 7.5. Total 157.5. And then UNLV and Air Force is the other late game. Air Force is six and a half point dog at home. Total 131 and a half. I like the under. Flyers still lead the Blackhawks 3-1. Total still sitting there five and a half. And coming up in 19 minutes, we got the Bruins and the Oilers, the Maple Leafs and the Coyotes, the Blue Jackets and the Ducks. And also, we have the messy Miami kickoff of uh, the MLS season. Second half, 77 minutes, 11 seconds in. Inter-Miami up 1-0. On Real uh, Real Salt Lake, by the way, minus six fifty favorites are the Fighting Messies. All right, Peach. Uh, before the break, I wanted to ask you about some wide receivers because I would love to see the Ravens add a couple of these guys. Now, um, most likely, I don't even know, man. I don't know if Mike Evans is back in Tampa Bay. Do they use the franchise tag? We'll see what happens there. But how would you feel about Mike Evans, or how would you feel about Michael Pittman Jr.? You think either are a possibility for the Ravens or no? Are they going to like look to the draft? Like, do you think they add any uh, pieces for Lamar? Because I would love to see him with with a true number one wide receiver, which I still would argue he's never had. Yeah, I agree. Um, Pittman, I don't think so. I don't think he goes to Baltimore. I think he stays in Indy. Evans, I'm with you. It's going to be interesting to see what Tampa Bay decides to do. I think Evans could could be in Baltimore. See, both Pittman and Evans, though, do fit the profile of, I think, the kind of receiver that the Ravens would want to go after in free agency. They need a big-body possession receiver, right? Like, Zay Flowers is really good, but he's the twitchy, fast, deep threat, intermediate slants, all that stuff. They need to get their Anquan Bolden back. They need to get a 50-50 receiver who can win the jump balls, that kind of stuff. Um, I think Rashawn Bateman is in for a big year, too, for the Ravens as yeah. well. So I think, you know, that's a big tell when we look at, like, fantasy football and season-long props as well. How aggressive are the Ravens in free agency? How aggressive are they in the draft taking a wide receiver, going after a wide receiver? Because obviously Zay had a great season outside of that fumble against Kansas City. And then 
um, you know, Bateman was amongst like the league leaders in the NFL in separation. It's just him and Lamar, they're just not on the same level. It's just like Lamar, for whatever reason, just isn't looking his way. He obviously loves Andrews and Zay and likely was great when Andrews was out. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Not only do the Ravens need another receiver, Ryan, but they need to find a way to incorporate their offense with likely and Andrews on the field at the same time. Like, they need to turn into the Patriots when they had Hernandez and Gronk, right? And they made it work with those two guys. Like, Likely's really good, man. He's really good. And Andrews is obviously really good. He's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. But, like, Likely does things that Andrews can't do. And he's so fast for a guy that big and strong. And he's really good at making tough catches. So, that's another thing, too. It's going to be interesting what the Ravens do, man, because you know they're going to go after a running back. Gus and Dobbins are both free agents. Keaton Mitchell it, tore his ACL in that game against Jacksonville late in the season. They got to go after a back. I think it's probably going to be Derrick Henry or maybe like a Tony Pollard or a Josh Jacobs, one of those, I would think. Um, and then receiver, like, I don't know what they're going to do, man, because they, they got some decisions to make on the defensive side of the ball also. Patrick Crean's going to walk. I think he's going to Seattle and following Mike McDonald. Matabuke. No question, are they going to re-sign him and bring him back? Geno Stone, they got to make a decision on. They also have some interesting decisions. They can cut a couple guys. Like, they could cut a Marlon Humphrey. They could cut a Marcus Williams and save themselves a ton of cap as well. A lot of interesting decision for the Ravens. I think maybe they try and go after one of these big-name receivers, but in their eyes, if they don't get it, I don't think they'll look at it as the end of the world. Yeah, I would rather spend big money on a wide receiver than spend any money on Derrick Henry. And I love Derrick Henry, man. Like, if you could get him on the cheap, then it is what it is. And they're the favorites to land Derrick Henry. But, uh, yeah, you brought up Metabuke. He's uh, on this list. He's a top five free agent. He's actually – I'm sorry, he's number six on this list. It's Brian Burns, another edge rusher, which I don't know, man. This seems like – Carolina, I thought that they were going to trade away Brian Burns. And I thought that they were going to get two first-round picks, but remember they held on to him the year that they, like, butchered that whole team and traded McCaffrey at the deadline, fired Matt Rule. If you were not going to bring him back and just extend him long-term and give him a bunch of money, then why the hell wouldn't you have traded him and got the two first-round picks? That organization is bad. I mean, not taking C.J. Stroud number one will always be a fumble. Trading yep. away all those assets for that number one pick. Like, they should they should not only, if they didn't have C.J. Stroud, then this year they should have a chance at Caleb. So they better pray that Bryce works out, man. Because if they Caleb better. Williams ends up living up to the hype and C.J. Stroud is who he is, God, that's one of the biggest blunders. That's like Trubisky over to Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes. That's, that's almost that bad, man. Uh, yeah, we'll take a quick break. Right. When we come back, we'll hit on all these scores around college hoops. Indiana Peach, they cut it to 14. You could feel a little bit better for doubling down. We'll also hit on the NBA. That's back tomorrow, I'm told. I did place a couple futures. We'll talk about what teams to buy in on. We'll also take a look at maybe some games for tomorrow night. I have one bet in the NBA tomorrow, and I feel pretty good about it. Uh, So we'll talk about that. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser, one hour to go here on BetMGM tonight. Check us out on Twitch, YouTube. Check out the podcast, BetMGM tonight. We're back in about five minutes.